One Week Season. Hello, One Week Season fam, La Familia. It is Mike Johnson, M. Johnson 86, as I am known in the DFS streets. Coming at you here today, it is Friday, October 13th. That's right, Friday the 13th. We got some scary things coming for you today. We got some scary lineups. Uh, we are going to frighten the competition with our next level game theory this week. Week six of the NFL season. The one third point, we are uh, completing the first leg of the three leg marathon. And I'm going to bring on my colleague, Maximus. How are you doing today? So far, so good, Mike. Pleasure to be with you again. You know, the one-week season icon is orange and black. Very apropos for this month. Yes, Friday the 13th. I got the, you know, I'm rocking the orange hat again today. Uh, yeah, we're, you know, stay, in, stay inside, people. Frightening things coming out tonight. I'm going to be throwing together my player grid later. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's an interesting week for sure. Uh, the second week of the bye weeks, we've only got uh, two teams on bye, though, this week. And there we've got another London game, of course. Uh, who doesn't love those wonderful London games? Uh, but 11 games on the slate, so a little bigger than last week, but still um, one of the smaller main slates we're going to see. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it should be an interesting week. Um, you know, I write the Oracle questions uh, in the scroll Every, every week I, I write the questions for that. And then uh, myself, JM, Zandemir, and Hilo, uh, you know, we go and give our answers, just different variables throughout the week. And, um, you know, that was one of the questions is always, you know, what makes this slate particularly unique? And to me, it's that there isn't like that premium game environment. Like this is the first time I think all year where there's no game on the slate with a total over 50, actually the highest a uh, single game total on the slate. Uh, I believe it's like 47, uh, 47 and a half. Um, I guess the Rams Cardinals might be up to 48 now, uh, but um, there's that game. And then the Dolphins, I think it's at 47 or 48 as well, but they're two touchdown favorites. Uh, and then everything else is like below like 45 or less. So um you know, it's interesting you don't have that, like, truly standout two great offenses facing each other. Um, so, you know, that, that'll that be kind of interesting seeing how that plays out. Staying with the Friday the 13th theme, one could see this as a scary slate because there's not a lot of clarity, in my opinion, to this point. You know, we're still waiting on a lot of injury news as usual. It seems like a little more so now as we get deeper into the season. And, yeah, to your point, you know, it's the the lines are blurred, uh, but it's exciting. And on the other hand, on the different pathways you could go to differentiate and hopefully separate yourself if uh, if those decisions uh, play out to their ceiling. Definitely, definitely. So uh, we will get into it then. I'll pull up your um, and I guess before we get into it, want to remind if you're watching this, please uh, like and subscribe, uh, leave comments. You know, if you guys have questions, I know uh, you can see from our views that, that our, our viewership is going up. 
you know, if you you guys have questions or specific topics related to FanDuel, you know, or our strategies uh, that you would love to hear us talk about, you know, leave comments um, and we'll try to uh, get back, get into it next week and, and, and take your feedback um, and kind of adjust the show. Of course, uh, this is the first year we're doing this. So, um, you know, it's, it's very, very early in the process and what direction we go with things and, and kind of how the show um, grows and matures, you know, the, definitely want to take uh, viewers consideration into that. So uh, like, and subscribe, leave comments. Uh, would love to hear back from you. Uh, always love that community engagement. So with that, uh, I'm going to hop into it again. This is the 30 K Sunday NFL touchdown on FanDuel. It's a five entry max tournament that Maximus is building for. Uh, it is a $65 entry. So 325 is his uh, total allocation for this tournament, $325 for the week. Uh, five entries, pays out 25% of the field. First place is $4,000. And we've got Maximus's lineup here up on the screen. You want to kind of take us through this, uh, how you did with me before before we got on on, on the recording? Sure enough. A quick recap. Last week, uh, my results, my best team, once again, I had a week where I had a team that was circling around the top 10 of this tournament. It wound up finishing 47th of 524. And seemingly what I've been experiencing so far this year in, in, in my play is I'm getting overtaken by an elite four o'clock flex player who's just blowing up for a ceiling game. That's what's happened to me like the last two or three weeks. And my overall team that's in the best contention doesn't have that that particular player on it, maybe because it's overall more balanced. But again, you're at the mercy of the elite players. Like you said last week, there's a reason they're priced that way. Because every once in a while, they hit a ceiling that nobody else can. And uh, I got overtaken again for probably a third time out <laughs> of five weeks. Uh, getting around the top 10. One week, I was actually first place until I think that was the CMAC week. But, um, but yeah, so I have to keep this in mind. And, and this team that we're about to go over kind of has that recent experience preparing for in mind on uh, this week. So we start out with uh, Justin Fields. Don't think we've built a team with him yet this year, but per Mike's FanDuel course, which you guys, if you play FanDuel at all, you should definitely acquire. Uh, dual threat, rushing quarterbacks. We love them on FanDuel. And it's interesting. Justin Fields seems to be, to me, in a similar spot that he was last year. He went a few weeks where people were wondering if, if he should even be an NFL quarterback. And then seemingly he went about four or five weeks where he just exploded and he was a had-to-have quarterback. And I feel he's in the midst of that right now. And he's at home against a average defense, probably better than some people think it is, but definitely no world beaters. So I got Justin Fields. I do have him paired, which does seem thin on the face of it, I'm sure, for smaller field, but I have him paired with Darnell Mooney here. Uh, my thinking is the price to balance out my team in other in other areas. Also, the Bears are, with the exception of fields, which is what you want for the rushing upside, are pretty much going to be without a running game this week. There's no Khalil Herbert and the rookie um, – what was his name? Noshan or Roshan? Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson, yeah. He's looking iffy to play. 
So I think that's going to filter more targets to the pass game when it's applicable. Now, Cole Komet is another, and of course, DJ Moore. They're all great pairing partners with Fields. But as a rushing quarterback, you really don't necessarily have to double stack a quarterback like Fields. Uh, Cole Komet popped up on the injury report with a hamstring, which you never want to see that type of injury when it comes to late in the week. So monitor that, of course. So in this case, I decided to pick Mooney because he's not a slot guy. He's a deep threat. He's a speedster. And he does have history with fields. I mean, he is capable of popping a big play and uh, being able to at least uh, not freighter you at, at his uh, price point. So I have fields, Mooney. I have a run back of Alexander Madison. Now, I don't know what ownership is like yet, so I could be wrong on this, but I would imagine that a huge chunk of the field is going to turn to the Vikings' uh, passing attack um, with uh, Hawkinson, um, Powell, Addison, and uh, Osborne. But Alexander Madison, he doesn't ever seem to be super-owned, and he's got the third most red zone targets of any running back in the league to this point. He has scored two touchdowns so far. He is still considered the lead back. I would imagine some people may have reservations of Cam Akers possibly getting starting to get starting to dig more into Madison's work, but it doesn't really bother me. I think it's a good run back partner on this particular team. But if you're doing five teams, again, you can have Komet as a pairing partner. You could have DJ Moore on another team. You could have Hawk, the, the Vikings passing pieces. So for this particular lineup, I wanted to do Madison. Uh, then we have Chuba Hubbard. Um, now, Chuba Hubbard, apparently, Miles Sanders doesn't appear like he's going to play. He hasn't practiced at all this week. We're recording this Friday morning, so we don't know what the, the Friday report is going to show. So this is kind of a caveat asterisk. If Sanders winds up playing, I may adjust this because I, I figure a lot of people are going to be on the Cardinals running back, who's only 400 more. I think this is good leverage off of the potential high ownership of that guy. And Chuba Hubbard does get thrown the ball. I think he would still be involved even if the Dolphins go up uh, early. And, um, you know, the, the Dolphins aren't the most shut down, like lock button run defense in football. So I do like Chuba Hubbard there. I mean, I'm sure if Sanders is deemed completely out early enough, his ownership I would imagine would, would go up some, but probably won't be his own as the Cardinal guy, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. But, um, and then I have Jalen Waddle. So that's a skinny stack. You have Waddle and, and Hubbard for that game. Um, and Jalen Waddle, he got a touchdown last week. He's definitely been getting more targeted by Tua. I think, uh, you know, it's definitely in the cards, a breakout game could be on the horizon for him. Uh, obviously Jamar Chase goes without saying, uh, one thought would be, well, he had the big ceiling game last week. Do you really want to go back to him two weeks in a row? But Seattle is attackable in the past game. Uh, and more about that, Waddle and Chase in a moment, because you can actually flip these guys around to counterparts and uh, and still keep the, uh, the base of this team uh, the same. Uh, Logan Thomas is tight end. Atlanta, definitely a good pass defense, but it seems like if there is a hole in their defense, it's at the tight end spot this year. And I was kind of just for myself looking over, I can't believe how, how, how many targets Logan Thomas has been getting peppered with uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, big target, uh, good price. And then that leads me to, to the flex spot, which I've been 
getting shredded on <laughs> as far as other teams uh, against me in this tournament. So um, maybe I should do the defense first. Tampa Bay Bucks defense, cheap defense. They're coming off a bye week. They're well-rested. They're at home. Jared Goff, typically not as great away from home. Uh, I believe the tight end Laporta popped up with an injury. Amon Ra is definitely going to play, but I'm sure he won't with the abdomen injury recovering from. He won't be at 100%, I'm sure. And historically, the Bucks are hard to run on. I mean, not as much this year, but uh, for cheap defenses uh, based on this particular build, uh, I think the Tampa Bay defense at 3,400 is, I can stomach it. And then we get to the flex spot. And I currently have Devontae Adams in there. Got to watch his injury news, of course, but he is the most targeted player, wide receiver, tight end, running back in the red zone in football through five weeks, playing a reeling Pats team at home. But what's cool about this spot at 8,300 is you could go Devontae on this team. Then on another team, you could play Kyron Williams from that Rams-Cardinals game. There's A.J. Brown that's available, even though he's in a tougher matchup with the Jets this week. And you can get to Josh Jacobs, the other part of that Raiders offense in the flex. So there's a lot of ways you can um, differentiate that flex spot with high volume towards elite players to give you something to look forward to in the 4 o'clock window, either if you're already ahead or if you need to catch up. Um, the quick, Real quick, and I'll, I'll throw it to you, sir. Waddle and Chase, you could easily flip that to Tyreek Hill for Waddle. You could flip Jamar Chase to God Chriswin, as I call him, Chris Godwin at uh, 6,300. And then you still retain that flex spot flexibility between the four o'clock players. Uh, one other guy I did forget to mention, if you wanted to do one o'clock in the flex, the, the team before we just switched, you could pair Jamar Chase with Kenneth Walker. And that would be a unique skinny stack in that game environment. And you could do, you could put a uh, Walker in the flex, keep Waddle and put Chase. And then you have a very correlated team of Fields, Mooney, Madison, Chuba, Waddle, Chase, and Walker. So that's another route you could go. So I, I the, the I guess the end point of this team is. I want to give myself ultimate flexibility in that flex spot because that's kind of what's been catching up to me and kind of burning my placement uh, when it gets to the uh, the four o'clock window. But I'll throw it back to you. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll start with the. Sorry, I'm trying to get it back to where it was. Uh... Yeah, it was Waddle Chase. Yeah. And we had Dante Adams in the flex. Um. Let's start with the you know the Bears, the Bears pairing with Madison. So, you know, I I do think you know it's interesting. The Bears like DJ Moore was the only wide receiver to see a target last week. Um, like not not to catch a pass, but like even to to be targeted. Um, so like it's like that's so wild. Or no, maybe it was just to catch a pass. Or, yeah, because Mooney got four targets. Okay. He was the only one to catch a pass. More was, um, <laughs> I would, but regardless, you know that it's that's kind of like alarming, and it makes it hard to to play a guy like that. And it's interesting because I think this spot is one where, like, you brought up, like, 
well, maybe this is a little thin because this guy is not the greatest. Uh, you know, he doesn't have that dependable volume for like small field. Is that like too thin? But I think for a guy like Mooney, I guess I would say my thought is more, I think volume is underrated when thinking about ceiling because people just think about ceiling and they think about like, oh, this guy could have, like he's a big play threat. Like he's a ceiling guy that's large field only. But like I see it as a guy like Mooney. So they're playing the Vikings who by far blitz at the highest rate in the NFL, leads to a lot of back end um, man-to-man coverage. Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator for Minnesota, obviously they know that DJ Moore is the main, you know, he's the main show in town there. Uh, You think about Cole Komet, who he's been limited both days in practice. Um, You know, it's not like he was fine one day and then it popped up Thursday. So, I mean, my gut is that he'll be all right to play, but when you're facing a team that's going to blitz that often, um, you know, he might, even if he's not even to stay in to block, he might have to like just chip a defensive end before he heads out on his route or pick up a blitz. Um, so, you know, there's just some factors where like Mooney, he could have, he could have two catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. And like, it's actually a situation where in large field, that doesn't really help you that much. Like he doesn't really, I don't think have that, like that seat, that grade of ceiling. Um, I think he actually might be a little bit better play in a tournament like this because you just need that one play. Like if he scores a 40 yard touchdown at his price in the, the size of tournament that this is like, you're fine. Like, you, you know, you're totally fine. Um, and, you know, when you look at, you know, the receivers in that price range, um, you know, Zay Jones is out, you know, Dotson's been up and down. Josh Downs will probably be uh, a little bit more uh, popular with, with Minshew in the pocket passer there. You know, it's, there's not like a lot of good options under 6k there. So, you know, if that's, it's a correlated piece, like if he scores that 40, 50 yard touchdown, um, you talked about fields, his, his rushing ability, how dependent they're probably going to be on him uh, this week. With, with their running game um, having issues. Like if Fields is going to be one of those top quarterbacks, you know, a 40 or 50 yard touchdown is probably a good chance it's going to come from there. And if it's not from uh, DJ Moore, you know, it, there's a good chance it could be Mooney. You know, it's kind of gone. The Bears played uh, that Thursday night game last week. And so there's not that much focus on those teams sometimes, but the Chase Claypool, him being out of there now, you know, Mooney, um, yeah, I, I think he fits here. I don't think it's too thin at all. I don't. I think like I wouldn't ever play Mooney as just like a one-off. Um, but I think in this particular situation, because I saw the same thing as you with DJ Moore, like his price is so high now um, that it's kind of tough to get there. Um, you know, and and you know he could have another really good game, but it seems unlikely that he's going to have another game at the level where he's like crushing you or paying off his salary, like a 25 point FanDuel game. Um, seems like it'll be tough for him to get there a third straight week. So, yeah, I mean, somebody has got to do it. If fields is going to get there. Um, and sometimes it's just like process of elimination. And I, I don't think it's too thin at all. 
Uh, the Madison thing, I think, is interesting. Um, you know, they lost Jefferson. Like you said, a lot of the focus is going to be on uh, how the passing pieces fit in there. But also the Vikings, I think, have the highest pass rate in the NFL. Um, but two things come from that. One, they have been in terrible game scripts for most of, most of their five games so far. Um, playing from behind, so they're chucking it. And two, they had arguably the best receiver in the NFL. So, uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's a good chance they're favored in this game. The Bears have struggled for most of the year. Um, so, you know, they could lead and they could just lean more run heavy just because, you know, they, their personnel has changed significantly. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Madison's an interesting piece. And I think he fits really well on here. Uh the Chuba Hubbard, Jalen Waddle, I, I like that. Uh, you know, I you, like you, you referenced my course. Like Hubbard is a cheap running back. He is going to get volume if we assume that Sanders is out. Um, I don't think that the Arizona running backs are going to be popular at all. Uh, Keontae Ingram is back this week as well. So it's just a situation where it's like a split backfield and neither of them is that good and their matchup's not terrific so um i don't really expect either of them to be very popular but like you don't need leverage like if it's a good play it's a good play and i think um you know hubbard again at that price point what he opens up uh, you've got some correlation there with waddle you know i'm thinking through uh the situation i mean waddle is we talked about him last week too i think um he is like he's sub 7k and he's you know, he's a guy who has kind of been overshadowed by the running game in Tyreek, uh, but very, very talented. Dolphins, you know, probably the best offense in football right now. Um, so, you know, having him on the team makes sense. And then Hubbard just plays into that really nicely because, you know, if Carolina is able to score some points early uh, and Hubbard's kind of acting as their feature back, there's a good chance he's a part of that. Uh, he has some pass catching chops. We kind of saw them against Detroit last week. Their offense put together some things as the game went on. That game ended up like 42 to 24 or something. Uh, you know, just garbage time. Like, they're going to keep playing. Like, that's the thing. They've got uh, Bryce Young, the number one pick. They don't own their first round pick next year. So, like, even when they're getting crushed, which could be the case this week, like, they're going to keep like balls to the wall, trying to get the ball in his hands, trying to like make the most of every possession, um, you know, try to not make it like even an ugly loss, try to try to get the most out of it, you know, for the long term that they can. So really like that play. And then, yeah, I mean, you talk about the, the bottom, the end to, to this lineup, you know, really no, I mean, Jamar Chase and Devonte Adams really hard to, question either of them i mean chase is we saw what he's capable of uh has a good matchup adams playing the patriots they play a ton of man coverage and they lost their uh top cornerback rookie christian gonzalez is on injured reserve um they kind of look in shambles so i did the edge right up for that game this week and uh the patriots defense is kind of in shambles and uh It'll be interesting because the Raiders haven't scored uh, 20 points yet this year. <laughs> and the the Patriots 
like, you know, they made the Saints look, you know, look like the 72 Dolphins or whatever last week. Um, just made them look like absolutely dominant. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting there. Like, what gives? Do the do the Patriots look better, or do the the uh, do the Raiders actually, you know, put up some points? But yeah, I mean, Adams can score touchdowns, and then I think Logan Thomas, you know, the volume there, and and the Bucks defense against, you know. They're a good defense who, who blitzes a lot and gets pressure against a, a quarterback who struggled against pressure. So, yeah, I mean, I think it all makes sense for sure. Um, a quick note, by the way, um, on Chuba Hubbard, even with Miles Sanders in the game, I believe he out-touched him or he was even, even with Sanders in, just for reference. But I have to look that up to make sure. But I'm pretty sure he uh, either out-touched or uh, had just as much opportunity as Sanders did. And, and again, even more so if Sanders isn't playing. But just a quick note there. Yeah, he out, he's out touched him the last two weeks. They they were like in a pretty even split each of the last two weeks. And I mean Hubbard, part of that's game script. Like they, it seems like they throw Hubbard in there when they're like hurry up and behind. Also, like Sanders has been kind of battling. He was battling a groin injury. Now it looks like he's got a shoulder thing. So. I mean, I'd be kind of surprised if they play him here. Just like, it seems like this guy's just like really beat up. You're two touchdown dogs in Miami. Like, just leave him home. Don't even put him on the plane. And to elaborate on your point, I think they're bye week, maybe next week. So even more reason why. Yep. Maybe we just bring them back after the bye. Yeah, it's a week seven bye, it, you know. And then real quick, we have $100 left over. So that flex spot, as much as I love Devontae, of course, you could go up a spot to Kenneth Walker and he makes a good skinny stack with Jamar Chase in that game. I mean, you'd be one o'clock heavy there with just the, uh, the defense in the four o'clock window, but it's definitely something I'm considering for one of my uh, five teams in this particular tournament. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it, it's interesting there. A lot of times I struggle with that. So like if I'm doing those like skinny stacks like that, the issue for me is if like for those two guys, their told their combined price is seventeen seven. Uh, you know, so that's like you need a lot of points combined from them. Um, you know, so that's a lot of times on the skinny stacks, I'll look to do like a, like if I'm using like a stud expensive piece from one side to find like um, a little bit more like the salary saver type. So like if I was going to uh, correlate that, then like maybe I would go with, like a cheaper, like either a DK Metcalf at 7,500 or even more so probably uh, Tyler Lockett at 66. Um, and just because like, if you look at those two pieces from like a combinatorial angle, like what they, what you need that block, that two player block to accomplish, it's so high when both players' salaries are high it's unlikely, I guess, that both of them are going to get there. 
Now, if they did, like, so if you were going to play Chase and Walker, if you were just like really confident, you're like that. No, I think this is like, this is going to be really good. It's going to get there. Um, well, in that case, then like on this lineup, I'd be playing Burrow. Burrow, absolutely. Yep. Um, because it's like, okay, like, because part of Chase, when you're correlating, part of it is you're looking at it as a two player block. So it's like, okay, well, maybe this. Maybe this higher priced piece, maybe it doesn't totally pay off itself, but it does well. And this cheaper guy, he can go like way over it. But like when you when both your guys are, are really expensive, if one of them just does like okay, has like a 15 to 18 point week, then the other one, like it's he's got to do have like such a ceiling game to make up for it to keep you kind of on that pace. Um, with other rosters and if that were to happen here you know chase is the one that seems like he'd be most likely to like go over it and if he does then you know then you've got a situation where you know burrow's probably just continuing to cook um you know so i'd go him instead of fields and then probably use that thousand bucks uh you know to find a different uh wide receiver someone in that 6k range you know you got nico collins um addison Reynolds, Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, you know. Jacoby Myers. Yep. 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 So there's a lot. Yeah. Jacoby Myers, if you were playing Adams on other teams. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's just kind of thinking through that process of, I think correlation is like a fancy, like fun word. Um, there's like levels to it. And then people think like, oh yeah, like correlation, like, yeah, I'm going to play this guy from this team and this guy from that team. But I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like not every player just because they're playing against each other is correlated. It's kind of one thing about it. And also sometimes players who are correlated, you got to be aware of what those price tags are, you know, and then what that means, like you might need to correlate more if you're going to play those two players together. So, um, you know, just kind of, some backstory and thought process there that I, that I put in as I think about rosters. That's a good thought on skinny stacks that have two potentially elite players, you know, that, that could create a situation where you need to adjust more at the top there. And then my, my only other thought would be probably three of my five teams in that flex spot. I had, like I said, initially on this team, I had Devonte Adams, but you're probably going to need a Ram uh, based on the way that, that game environment's most likely to go in LA. So the good news about that is you have that flexibility on maybe some of the other teams. If you're doing a five entry max, of course, where you can take out Walker and Adams, you could put in Kyron Williams, you could put in Puka Nakua. So there's different Rams that you can insert in the flex on maybe some other teams. So you make sure that you get exposure to that game environment. Cooper cup, I think if you change the defense a little bit. So, um, that's another thing I would say probably it, it, obviously it wasn't seen or emphasized on this particular team, but I definitely have Rams in mind, especially in the flex around those same price points for reference. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's, um, you know, and you don't, I don't think you ever like have to like, that's one mistake I think people make is like thinking in every lineup, I have to account for this team, this specific team, whatever. Um, you know, it's something I actually like, it's easy to fall into. Like last week I was really high in Dallas Goddard. 
I played him a lot. Um, he, was also played, team he was on my best team. He was on my best team too. Yeah. My, my top team. And uh, Phelan too. Phelan was my guy last week. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. So I was really high on Goddard, but I also really liked Hawkinson, especially on FanDuel because uh, he was, um, I think he's just cheaper on FanDuel, you know, and he was uh, very affordable. He is again this week. Like he had an okay game, five for 51. But so like I kind of played, I would say I was about 40% uh, Goddard, 40% Hawkinson, and then 20% um, probably between like Laporta and Pitts. Um, I was pretty good with tight ends last week. But where I'm going with this is like I I was like when I went back through my rosters, it's pretty clear. I was trying to like account for the Eagles on like every roster and Devonte Smith was kind of the guy that it was like, okay, I don't have Goddard in this lineup. So I'm going to play Devonte Cause you know, I, and it's something I'll do with that. Those two receivers is try to kind of go against the field just cause I think both of them have like, big ceilings and and so Devontae was cheaper and lower own um but at the same time like I ended up playing him more than I should have just because it was like okay Goddard's not on this lineup so I'll play Devontae with Hawkinson and there was like a lot of lineups that I had where they had like it was set up really well but then it had Devontae and Hawkinson in it and it was just like you know then it's just like maybe on the cash line. Uh, but like the other, you know, six of the other seven spots were really good picks. Um, so, you know, it's just an interesting thing. Like you bring up like the Rams, like I think it's totally okay. And you probably want to make sure like if you're building lots of lineups, like, like the team can do well and like it can just be split among who, who gets it. And you don't really have to have anybody from the team to like win, um, you know, and the flip side of that is if one of the guys does become kind of like a had to have it, um, like he scores so much that you, you like needed him to win. Well, then your rosters that have a different guy from that team are just dead. So, <laughs> you know, if you, if you think, okay, I have to account for this team on every build, um, it can kind of come back to bite you, especially on FanDuel, where there are where touchdowns are king, right? Uh, it's so it's so easy for like if if a high priced guy, if a guy that's 8,500, 8, if he has ten catches for 130 yards, like that's not really very good for him. Like he needs to get in the box. Like it, it doesn't hurt you, but like. For that price, like you're going to need some major overachievers besides that. So, um, you know, and speaking of that, so I came across this week, uh, did the NFL edge write-ups. I, I always have the afternoon games because I do my afternoon only write-up. Um, and one of those games is the Eagles and Jets. So I wanted to bring this up because I thought it was interesting. So the Eagles have only scored more than two offensive touchdowns in a game once this season. They are, uh, they are 27th in the league in red zone touchdown percentage uh, this year. Last year, they were third in the league, or they were fourth in the league last year. 
year. Um, and the Jets defense is third in red zone touchdown percentage. Like they're the third best team at preventing their opponents from scoring touchdowns. So, um, you know, just a couple different angles you can go on with that. Like one is like the Eagles are struggling in the red zone. The Jets are, have been really good in the red zone. Um, you know, it could like, it wouldn't be surprising if this is like, a the Eagles just win this game like 20 to six or something. And it's just ugly. Like the jets can't move the ball. Uh, the Eagles have like five field goals or something. It's like 22 to six. Um, but on the flip side, like that dam could burst at any moment, you know, like the, uh, the Eagles have been uncharacteristically bad in the red zone. So, um, and the jets have kind of been, their defense has held up and kind of kept teams from having these big scoring weeks, but it's been really close. Like if you're giving up, they've given up the most field goals per game in the NFL. Uh, so like you're facing a really talented team, like it wouldn't be hard for that to all of a sudden turn into like boom, four touchdowns. So uh, just an interesting spot I wanted to bring up from my, my edge research and, and something to kind of think about. Um, and specifically, we're talking about FanDuel here, obviously. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's interesting, just that TD variance, how, 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 how critical that is to, to the weekly um, results on that site. And to add on to that, I actually like DeAndre Swift this week. Uh, his price is only 7200 on FanDuel. So he's another flex option you could go down to and then maybe kind of boost them, another position on as far as this existing team that we're showing. Uh, it seems like, you know, he's right on the cusp of, a, you know, breaking out. He's had a pretty solid production most weeks, and he could be a pathway to uh, a cheaper one than, than Smith and uh, A.J. Yeah. Um, and to, and to, got Gardner and company to deal with in the past defense. but Yeah, and to the point, you know, what we talked about – what we talked about last week with um, or what I talked about a little bit ago with uh, the Eagles and their, their lack of touchdowns and how, how inefficient they've been like Swift. He's their stud. He's their like main, their bell cow running back. Uh, he's basically the guy for them. And, you know, but he's only got two touchdowns on the season and with the amount of volume he's seen from week two on, you look at 31 touches, 18, 18, and 23, you know, that's, that's a lot of work. And if they do have that four touchdown game all of a sudden, um, and it's a game that they're in control of, like, wouldn't be surprising at all for it to be, you know, a swift two touchdown, 120 yard game or something. So uh, yeah, definitely a guy who I don't think will be popular. Uh, there's that, there's that stigma around the Jets defense, you know, and they are a good defense. You know, I think they have talent and they're well coached, uh, but he, I don't think he's going to gain a lot of steam. And, you know, he, he's a very reasonable price and a guy who uh, with that touchdown variance being so important here uh, could definitely pay off. Agreed on that. All right. Do you got anything else uh, before we 
before we head out and, and let the people get to their get to their roster building? I'm hungry. I'm frustrated, but excited, and uh, look forward to uh, digging deeper with the OWS fam on the write ups and on the the Oracle guys on Saturday. And definitely check that out. And uh, hopefully rounding into form a little more confidence because right now there's a lot of like I said earlier, in my opinion, there's definitely some clarity to still be had as we as we move deeper into finalizing teams. But uh, yeah. yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Try to uh, avoid anything frightful on this Friday the 13th. And uh, yeah, good luck this week. I'm sure we'll we'll be in touch. Uh, hopefully, you'll be sending me a screenshot Sunday night and. Yeah, it's it should be a fun one. Uh, it always is. Best of luck to the viewers. Again, like, subscribe, comment. We'd love to hear from you. We would love to tailor this thing to your needs, to your wants. And we are going to be back with you next week, week seven, to go over Maximus's first place FanDuel winning lineup. <laughs> OWS fam, best of luck. See you in the lobbies. We're out. One week season.